Welcome to the Rethinker Podcast, asking the why questions to connect faith with culture. Podcast. This is a place where we look at Scripture, God's laws, Jesus' parables, and other aspects of faith to kind of extract deeper meaning and to come up with ways to engage our culture in new and fresh and kind of revelatory ways. You know, in these podcasts, I've talked a lot about focusing on outcome over actions. That as believers, we have been given the insights to understanding how certain actions harm individuals and societies after the outcome of those actions manifest. Through God's law, we can recognize that when God said do not, he was revealing the danger in the action that he was supposedly restricting mankind for enjoying, as men like Richard Dawkins or other ardent atheists would propose. But we see in Romans that sin or many of these actions are not taken into account where there is no law, or more simply, the strategies of sin are not uncovered without the do not that pointed the way to the dangerous strategy itself. We saw in podcast 17 how the outcome of our actions can create a reactive society that is hindered from being all it has the capacity to be because our time, talent, and treasure is being reactively used to address certain issues and therefore that time, talent, and treasure cannot be used to grow the society and prosper its individuals. So far I've looked at this action, outcome, reactive, proactive scenario on the surface and somewhat immediate level. But what if God was far more concerned on a longer timetable? This morning I was meditating on something we have talked about already, the promises of God offered by following God's law in Deuteronomy 28. When he was talking to his chosen people about his ordinances, God promised them the following. He will bless you and bless and increase your numbers. He will bless the fruit of your womb. You will be blessed more than any other people. And then earlier in those promises, he said, the Lord will keep you free from every disease. You will have none of the diseases from Egypt. Now, until this morning, I looked at this at an immediate and historical level, which is very powerful in itself. Should we commit any action and the repercussions of the outcome of that action carries forward weeks, months, years, and even centuries further. Like a bacterial canister thrown into a healthy water supply, it oozes out slowly and perpetually. But I think there is a deeper level of purpose that I'd missed until just now. We have said that God wanted prosperity for his greatest creation, humanity. So after the fall, he created a system of conduct to afford humanity the most optimal frame of existence in our now post-fall or flawed world. So how would we prosper society apart from the immediate moments of obeying God's laws and creating a proactive and vital social, economic, and relational atmosphere? Through the blessing of the fruit of your womb. Let me tell you what I mean. Until probably the last 10 years or so, we could take that statement as the Israelites did millennia ago and see that God might have been describing that God himself would step in and create happy and healthy children for the Israelites. Now, God could do that, but what if the process was far more tied to God's loving law system than just to God's intervention? What if the action outcome revelation also occurred at the genetic level? Well, it does and it has. It goes by the term epigenetics. Okay, let's get basic for a second. We all should, having gone through high school science classes, know what genetics is, right? Inside our bodies at the hypromicro level is DNA. Attached to that DNA is our unique genetic code. Remember dominant and recessive gene charts when you were in high school? Some of us have genes for blue hair. Some of us have genes for green eyes. The combination of genes from our mother and father determine our genetic makeup. Now, certain genetic coding is more dominant than others. 
than others, and you can find that a parent that has a genetic proclivity to cancer or diabetes may pass that genetic trait on to their offspring. Now, until a few decades ago, that is where science on an empirical level had landed. They had some other theories, but nothing really proven. But then something new was discovered in the last couple decades, and that was epigenetics. Remember the scripture that all nature declares the glory of God? Well, science inadvertently just made that discovery here. Epigenetics is the study of the understanding that genetic traits are not simply predetermined. They can be shaped, molded, and even transformed. The next generation can experience genetic traits that materialized during the lifetime of the mother and father. How? Through their actions. Without boring you, here are a few quotes from an article on discoverymagazine.com, and I'll include the link in the description of this podcast. It is well established, of course, that the environmental effects like radiation, which alter genetic sequences in a sex cell's DNA, can leave a mark on subsequent generations. Likewise, it is known that the environment in a mother's womb can alter the development of a fetus. What is the now eye-opening is the growing body of evidence suggesting that the epigenetic changes wrought by one's diet, behavior, or surroundings can work their way into the germline and echo far into the future. Put simply, as bizarre as it may sound, what you eat or smoke today could affect the health and behavior of your great-grandchildren. Do you now understand what just was said? The actions you commit today don't just affect you, your society, or its impact on historical time. They affect the biological, social, and mental health of your children. Now let's take that out of the vacuum. Here's another quote from that article. We commonly accept the notion that through our DNA, we are destined to have particular body shapes, personalities, and diseases. Some scholars even contend that the genetic toad predetermines intelligence and is the root cause of many social ills, including poverty, crime, and violence. Gene as fate has become conventional wisdom. Through the study of epigenetics, that notion at last may be proved outdated. Suddenly, for better or worse, we appear to have a measure of control over our genetic legacy. Let's go back through that again. Some scholars contend that genetic code predetermines intelligence and is the root cause of many social ills, including poverty, crime, and violence. Our genetics produce abilities or inabilities to create a prosperous, vital, and technologically powerful society, as God has always intended, because our mental and physical health as individuals often determine our participation and propagation in our society. At the outcome level, we are causing or eroding that prosperity in the next generation. We can now look and see how healthy the fruit of our womb has become. 2014 statistic. Every year, about 42.5 million American adults, or 18.2% of the total adult population, suffers from some form of mental illness, including conditions such as depression, bipolar, schizophrenia. CDC finding, approximately 11% of the children 4 to 17 years of age have been diagnosed with ADHD as of 2001. More than 3.5 million Americans live with an autism spectrum disorder. From AutismSpeaks.com, autism is one of the fastest-growing developmental disorders in the United States. CNN.com article called Child Eating Disorders on the Rise. A study conducted by the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality showed that hospitalizations during eating disorders in children under 12 increased by 119% between 1999 and 2006. Listen to this article from excerpt from an article on slate.com called abnormal is the new normal 
Second, we are really getting sicker. The high prevalence of mental illness in the United States isn't only because we've gotten better at detecting mental illness. More of us are mentally ill than previous generations, and our mental illness is manifesting at earlier points in our lives. According to the CDC, one in every 33 babies is born with birth defect, and one study claims that 6% of all babies born worldwide suffer birth defects. These aren't just statistics, they are you and I, our family members, friends, co-workers, and loved ones. But even more, they are people who now must struggle in big, some big and some small ways to accomplish great social, ideological, and technological feats without fighting whatever disease they face on a daily basis. In other words, by not functioning at 100%, they may, and the emphasis is on the word may, not be able to contribute all they had the capacity to contribute to the society because of fear, a lack of emotional intelligence, physical handicap, etc. He will bless the fruit of your womb. Our loving creator, again through his attempt to rewrite a code that most in the secular and even the religious world see as focused on actions, has been desiring a prosperous and vital humanity through its outcomes. And we now see how his love extends even to the genetic level. Science has discovered it, they just don't know it, because they don't have the right strategy of sight to make the discovery. But you do. And I am talking to you, educator, scientist, pastor, leader, or anyone else who can get these insights out to the world in ways greater and richer than just this podcast can. To quote one of my favorite lines growing up as a G.I. Joe fanboy, So now you know, and knowing is half the battle. I have given you a battle tactic that means more to humanity than any ideological squabble we could ever engage in. Please see your role as a believer to your society in a deeper and richer light than just yelling at the culture for doing things wrong. I believe that you can truly change the course of history. You know, for years I have told the people around me that we really have the answers to the life's biggest problems. And in this case, this is one that we can really make tangible and tactical evidential changes and transformations in. I hope that uh, this just doesn't fall on you from an education standpoint, but that you really do something about this understanding. Our loving God cares more about us than we could ever possibly imagine. And I'm going to continue to show this in every single podcast I possibly can. We're going to keep continue to get deeper, richer, and fill even with more wisdom. But this one here, I think, for me has become, even today, a, uh, a powerful mandate and opportunity. So... I hope that uh, this carries with you forward and that you do get this out. Share this with anybody you know, uh, especially those that, uh, that have the capacity to do something such as educators, scientists, pastors, leaders. And just remember always to live inspired. <laughs>